This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I'm joined once again with Jim Sebastio. Hi, Jim. Hi, Brian. Good to see you again. You too, brother. So we're going to get to our topic in, in just a moment. Just want to encourage you to, to, to go to practicalshepherding.com. If you'd like to look at the resources we have there, articles and other podcasts you can go and, and, and listen to. Uh, if you'd like to help us financially during this time, that'd be a big help. You can go to the donate page, and there's a place for you to be able to give online. Thanks for those who supported us in the past and continue to do so uh, during this time. Uh, we want to dive into our, our topic, and, and and man, this is one of the things that's being talked about a lot now, right? With, with uh, this pandemic and states starting to reopen, and you know, we were eager to want to gather again as churches, many churches. So churches are trying to think about how do we reopen in a sense? How do we begin to gather again with all the restrictions and the different stipulations that at least exist for us during this particular time? So we're going to get into that. But before we get into the logistics of what we need to think about as individual churches that are all unique from others, different sizes and things, Jim, let's think biblically and even spiritually why this is an important thing for us to want to pursue. Brian, if, if someone were to be converted through our, our, our speaking to them, witnessing to them, and uh, we were to say to them, now listen, now that you're a new creature in Christ, you need to be involved in things that are going to be for the, the good and the thriving and the preserving of your soul. And, and chief among those things would be that you need to be a part, a vital part of a Bible-believing church. You need to participate in its weekly gatherings. You need to have living shepherds preaching the Word of God, people that love you preaching the Word of God to you. You need to be among people where you're going to be sharpened and helped. You need to be in a climate where you are singing and admonishing. Not just You're, you're singing not just to the Lord, but also to one another, admonishing and teaching one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Right. You need to be in that uh, cauldron of interaction with others where there is iron sharpening other uh, iron. And the point is that if, if someone was not doing that, we would say to them, either, either you're not really a Christian or that you are in an extremely vulnerable spiritual condition. Mm-hmm. If we met a guy who said, hey, I'm a Christian, and you say, where do you go to church? And he says, I don't go to church. I'd listen on Sundays. I get up at 11 or 12. I turn on the internet, or I, I, I put it up on my flat screen, and I sit there with my cup of coffee and a cinnamon roll in my pajamas, and I listen to the best preaching in the world. You'd say to them, you're in a spiritually vulnerable and dangerous a situation. Sure. Yeah. And we would try to explain to them why. And I think one of the things that we might miss in a lot of our discussions about the the sadness of the pandemic, we miss each other. Oh, we miss each other. We miss worship. Yeah. I want to see the brethren. That's all good, but it, it and it's not just that we miss it. What I the argument I want to make is that we need it. That this is a prime means. These are means of grace. Mm. Uh, the ordinances, the Lord's suppers. This is something that we miss. It's something that's given to help us to thrive and to survive in the midst of a dangerous world. The gathered church, which God in His providence has put on our calendar every you know, every seven days. Uh, is telling us something. God, God did not institute this as a monthly kind of uh, sacrifice. It's a weekly, uh, a week by week. The Lord's Day comes every seven days. 
Uh, and that's because I think part of that is that's about how long we hang on. And our, our batteries, our spiritual batteries, generally run dry sometime on Saturday, some, sometimes sooner than that. And we get that recharge when we gather. And so to not be together, to not be with one another is something that really is spiritually dangerous to us. We are being placed in a very vulnerable position, not willingly. Now, some did it willingly. Right. Uh, and uh, so, you know, the, the we quote all the time now, right, the Hebrews 10, 24, 25, the habit of some has become the habit of all. Mm. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. This is the habit of some. Well, for the last six, seven weeks, it's the habit of us all that we, we're not gathering together. Mm. And so as we, as we pray and plead with God, part of what we're doing right now in order to, to reopen, I think, Brian, part of what we want to talk about is that we are looking to certain secular sources, the CDC or, or, or our local or, or state officials, to say that it's okay now to meet, but they want certain criteria to be met before that, and part of that is a, a two-week decline in numbers. Mm-hmm. We need to be pleading with God for that, not just for the preservation of human life and hospitalizations, but for the, the but for the safety and security of the souls of Christ's sheep. Right, and I, I pre- that's really well said. I'm glad you, you mentioned it because you're right. We focus a lot on, I'm sad I can't see these people and we can't sing together and we can't do this and be together and return to that normalcy but but you're right there's a there's definitely a spiritual component to that it's probably not getting talked about as much it's more like what we miss personally but in a way people are that's really what they're referring to also they're referring yeah. to the spiritual nourishment they get sure. from hearing the word preached to be able to sing with others and to go through all those things so the point from all of this if it whether it needs to be made or not we want to recognize that we should all be desiring and longing to be together. To your point, we should be praying and asking God to to move things in such a way that allow us to to gather. I think we we pray. I don't know about you. I'm tempted to pray that God would work in that way so my life can return back to normal. Right. And, and maybe we should be focused, be more mindful. I want to pray this way so that I have the means of grace that my soul needs to exactly. be able to walk through. Exactly, this. and that I need, and and that are, and that the people in our churches need. Something really important, I think, to to recognize in all of us too is that if that means of grace has been taken away from us for the last six or eight weeks, like it has, and we've all been stuck in in a lockdown isolation, which has its own unique effects on people. Mm-hmm. Like we need to just feel the the spiritual sense of crisis. That's probably going on in the souls of a lot of our people. Right. That pastorally, we're going to have to be mindful of down the road. But that's that's a different podcast, right? right. I think we don't want to talk about. We do but, want to talk about that. Yeah. But but we want to talk about. Okay, so we we all want to long for this. So we want to be thinking about in about the time this podcast episode releases, some of us may be moving very soon to meeting again. So let's we want to think about practically what are the things we need to be thinking about in regard to the reopening process or the gathering again of our church. So let me, can I start with asking you a question? Yeah, about go that? ahead. Are you committed to waiting for the government phases or would you envision a situation? Let's say that the government says none of the conditions are met. No churches are going to meet until January of next year. Could you envision a situation in which you said, listen, I, 
I've had all, you know, like Popeye, I've had all I can take and I can't take no more, you know, <laughs> uh, and we're just going to meet, you know, that we're not a mega church. We're going to meet. If, if 50 people can be in Lowe's, we can have 50 people come to my church, you know. Yeah. Uh, or, 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 so I think you're going to say you're committed. How committed are we? How committed should we be? Should we be, if, if, the, if they say, listen, lockdown needs to go on till 2021, worst case scenario, what do we do? Well, that's an easy to answer for me. If that's the scenario you're you're presenting to me, if they say lockdown till January, I mean, I can't imagine I'm going to do that. Um, okay. So, and again, part of this is, uh, it, I think the more difficult question would be if they are, they keep just every month asking us to do this and just kicking this the next can month, down the road. They right, just keep right, kicking right, the right, can down the road. Right. Yep. So that's the scenario I think would be hard because yeah, I do want to compl- comply, and. Um, and I, I do want to be very intentional. For some reason, we feel compelled to have to go against what is being asked of us by by state officials. Uh, I, I, I'm i not worried about that personally because in our situation, and again, this is part of every church, as they're thinking about reopening, needs to consider uh, this is the main kind of umbrella I'm telling everybody and what we're functioning on. You need to think about... How many people attend your church service normally in the midst of the capacity you have for that room? So for us as a church, we have 75 members, about 60 or 70 on a given Sunday morning. We have 300-person capacity in our sanctuary. Like we could actually meet right now and social distance. It would probably be safer to meet at our church than it is to go to Walmart or Lowe's at this point. Mm. So we're still not meeting, but the point is I, I don't feel we're far already. So I think as soon as... Our, our governor begins to release us on restrictions. So, I assume phase one, out because of the uniqueness of our church, phase one, uh, we will be able to meet and meet all the requirements that they set. The other thing I will watch for, and again, this I bring this up because we're in Kentucky, right? So uh, anybody listening to this but watch the national news knows that our Kentucky governor has been praised on one end and then criticized on the other by some of the decisions that have been made, uh, Like obviously like a lot of other governors have been. But if they start phasing out, um, if they start allowing certain places to open, but it looks like they're targeting churches in a different way than like a restaurant that's going to have 50 to 100 people in it, then that would be the scenario that our elders would seriously consider uh, not waiting for the go-ahead from right. the governor. Or, or, or tattoo parlors. Or what, whatever it is that's the same size as us. So, again, I think— Yeah, there are certain things how, you look at and say, well, how come that? Not that, right. I, and I think we do have to— I think, so the, right. I think your, your point is— I think your number point is a good— Right. Uh, is a good uh, situation there. And, and a number of the folks— I mean, There may be some listening to, to this podcast that, are, that pastored larger churches, and I think they're going to have to think through some of this in a different way. Uh, but we're trying to consider here that what is responsible and what keeps with general guidelines. So you believe that we need to continue to have some kind of not just meeting normally, but to meet with thoughtfulness about social distancing. What about uh, greeting one another? What about hugs, handshakes? Uh, what would you say to that? Yeah, so we sent a document out last week to our church. We we put together kind of guidelines to to put in front of people. This is what it's going to look like when we come back together again. I I want to highlight this that I remember when all this happened, and we're two or three weeks in, 
and one on a Zoom call. And I remember just tearing up as I talked about, man, isn't it going to be great when we can finally gather again? I missed this already. And it's going to, you know, it's going to be amazing when we can sing together and hug each other and all this. And and now I'm looking at it going, that, that that's not going to happen. Like if, if you want to meet anytime soon again, that I believe we're going to have to honor the social distancing principles in a way it wasn't even on my radar when we first started talking about that. Uh, the reason I, I'm saying that for one, we want to try to stick to the guidelines that the CDC, the experts who know more about this than I do, are encouraging us to do. So, Brian, are you saying pastors aren't experts in pandemics and uh, and uh, they're not virologists? And I'm going on a limb here, but no, they are not. So just just <laughs> putting right, that I'm, out I, there because I'm confused. I'm just putting that I out think there. I know. So. <laughs> Regardless of what social media tells you, pastors are not uh, endocrinologists and other CDC experts. But uh, what what we're mindful of, even with uh, being able to to gather again in social distance, the reason the reason to social distance when you meet as a church and figure out how to do that isn't just because uh, of of the government officials telling us encouraging us to do that. But what I'm finding is there are, we have older folks in our church, mm-hmm. we have people with compromised immunities. We have people in the church that really, really want people to honor the social distancing principles. And when you don't know, some may not care right, and want to go hug everybody. Right. There's going to be little kids that want to run up and hug the older person that loves them at church. Right. And so we got to figure out, because what I'm learning is, is that we have to function in a way that makes everybody feel safe. It's going to feel over the top for the, the bit sun. more, for, for those who and want others to be... it's going to feel edgy. Yeah. So I, I know of older folks in our church who basically have said... You know, the one thing that will make them allow feel like they can come back to church, if they hear me say and, and hear me uh, promote to everybody, everybody has to honor social distancing. Like you don't know who the person is who wants to hug you and who mm-hmm. wants you to stay at least six feet away. Right. So when we first come back together, we've got to honor that. And so that's one of the that's one of the things we already know we're going to put in place when we move back together. And are, are you going to lay out ahead of time uh, in the in the way that because you have pews, you have wooden pews right. in your sanctuary? I think with three banks of wooden pews, kind of go straight back. Uh, are you going to say this one open, these two close? This one open, these two close? Yeah. How, how are you going to work that out? So here's a few guidelines we put in there, just as a, as a template for people to hear that. We're um, somebody's going to stand. We have two. We'll do two main doors that you can come in and out of. So the most of the church will be uh, roped off that you can't go into, blocked off. Somebody will be standing at the door, probably with a mask and gloves, opening the door for everybody, mm-hmm. so everybody's not touching the door handles and all that. They come in, and then the pews, certain pews, will be roped off so that families obviously sit together. And family, this is kind of that pew will be that family, and then there's other pews roped off and things. So, because our sanctuary is big enough, we can rope that off, and everybody could come and scatter throughout all the sanctuary and be and be six at least six feet apart. So we're gonna, but we are gonna help people do that. We're gonna rope things off. Uh, we're gonna, if we do the Lord's Supper, we're gonna. We already have two deacons who have gloves in preparation. We won't pass plates. We won't pass Lord's Supper plates. Deacons will walk around. And serve everybody, or offer the offering plate to somebody, so to keep down the, you know, just people touching different things like that. Brian, what about other tactile things like hymnals or bulletins? Yeah, so I think we haven't thought through that completely. I'm willing to still do, you know, make bulletins and leave them on the table, and people can grab one if they want, just spread them out, so they're just taking that one. Um, yeah, I, I think hymnals. 
Yeah, I'm. I'm I mean, I'm just not. No, we so, haven't so I'm through just all those reading things. stuff on that. It's just it's curious what some are are considering whether to. Not, now being a time to utilize, if you haven't already, I realize so many churches don't use hymnals anymore. But uh, well, we we do use, use hymnals. Well, I do too. We we use a, we have paper hymnal. We have a supplemental if, hymnal, and we have a, a larger hymnal. Well, the other thing we have already planned is a cleaning crew stays That's after what I was every Sunday about. and then cleans. Uh, so I guess we could so we, before and after before trying to make after. things as anticeptive. So Brian, am I uh, am I right in assuming you're not going to do Sunday school or children's programs for the foreseeable future? So no no Sunday school, no childcare. So one of the things we sent out to everybody is look, we're going to families. We're giving you your own pew area. We're actually going to make the sh- the service shorter than it usually is, knowing there's little kids sitting there. Mm-hmm. But their families are going to have their own pew. They're going to be able to spread out if a kid needs to be able to color in the pew, and they're going to be able to do those kinds of things. And um, and and but the other thing they have to honor is they can't in our church. The kids run around the sanctuary afterwards and play with their friends and enjoy one another, and the parents stand and talk and and you know I, I I'm, I'm grateful for the, for all of that they're not going to be able to do that now yeah I mean those kids are so anxious to do that I mean that's part of what they I, the part way, of what they miss it's going to be a hard thing to try to it is they can't see they haven't been able to see their friends they're going to see their friends for the first time so we're really emphasizing to parents actually this week I've been contacting parents with little kids mm. and and asking each one of them individually that's have you hard. read this yeah. is this something you feel like you can manage for your kids because the other option is whether it's an older person, uh, compromised immunity or a family with too many kid, little kids. They don't. Right. Feel like we have a lot. Get, we have families with large. We have a lot of large families in my church. We're going to. Uh, we're going to do a. We're not doing this now, but we're going to do a Facebook Live of the whole service, and that will be the other option for people who don't feel comfortable coming. That they'll be able to at least hear the service. You know, be able to watch the service from wherever wherever they are. We're hoping that'll be a small amount of people. Which, by the way, last thing I'll mention is the other factor with this. As we have this plan, we think it makes sense. It honors all the social distancing. If we do all this and half the church doesn't feel comfortable coming for whatever reason, then that's the other challenge we're going to have then, is do we start gathering again uh, if 50% of the church will be missing? Um, I, yeah, I don't have that figure I, out. I, I would say yes. Yeah. I, I think that, and that might encourage others. It's... You're going to have some that can. They're going to feel like they. It's too early. They just can't risk it. It's it's too close. It's you know. And I and I think we need to be careful not to bludgeon the conscience of people that, right. that feel that way to honor it. If they feel that way six months from now, uh, at some point you want to say, listen, you got to. We got to get back to you know, the whole society's opening up. It's okay. Well, uh, you know, and, and you know, life has risks to it, or whatever. Um, I want to turn this on onto you because I think ours is a bit more clear cut, simply because we've got the capacity to meet all the requirements. Most churches will not. In fact, your church is packed on Sunday mornings when everybody's there. Right. How are you trying to think? And, and your church is larger than ours. So how are you yeah. trying to think through this? Well, you know, I, I, what we're have talked about or considering is that we might have to have two services at least in the morning we don't have as many come to the evening worship although our evening worship is is significantly larger than many church you know we, we That's the, true. most of our members do come at night but virtually none of the visitors come you know at, at night so we also have chairs whether they're cloth covered, which is different than having pews that are easy to wipe down with Clorox. And you can and move your chairs around. We right? can move so, our chairs yeah. around, right? And we could take chairs out. And we've talked about maybe just trying to think through who's going to be there and say, "All right, so here's 
So some some are going to need eight chairs, some are going to need six yeah. chairs, no, some are going to need you know, and you just try to think through that and then try to work it out sufficiently spaced. But then how how to have it? You know, do you voluntarily say who's going to come to the ten thirty service? Who's going to come to the eleven thirty service? So a couple of questions that then also come of that. We linger. A lot of our folks love to linger. Uh, we like to fellowship. We're I think that's going to be the night, hardest part. Actually. Sunday night, we don't leave. Some people don't leave for an hour. Right. Uh, now, in the morning, you have lunch calling, so people <laughs> disperse a little more quickly. Right. But And then we also have had, for years, we've had a lunch at the church every Lord's Day. Right. And so we are questioning, we have to question whether we, we should have that, encourage that many people to be together for that long over a meal. Well, and bringing food and it's yeah. potluck, right? And, so. and so, you know, what I've considered, and I haven't really talked to the uh, everybody else about this, but I'm just going to throw this out. When we weren't meeting in the, uh, when we were renovating our sanctuary, we all met in the fellowship hall. The fellowship hall would be a lot easier and to keep clean. It's big, and it's bigger. It's 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 large. It's, no, it's not. I, I don't know that it's bigger, but we could bring in the metal chairs, which are easier to wipe down. Right, right. Than than meeting in the fellowship hall, uh, and the fellowship hall has carpeting. the 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 fellowship hall has tile and metal chairs. All that would be easier just to clean. easier to clean. It's right. Just gonna, you know, so that might be That's a that good might thought. have to be. Uh, for a little while, the the sad part, Brian, again, is going to be encouraging people to leave relatively quickly, right? Uh, after the services, that's going to be really hard, and I, I, it, yeah. it's going to carry with it its own emotional burden. Yep, it's going to be like you know going, you know, seeing like you know your best friends are in a zoo and you have to see them behind bars. You know, you just like this isn't right. Yeah. I, I'm not used to this. I don't. I don't want this. I. 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 And is it almost harder to be given a portion of it without the fullness of it? Uh, that's it's gonna, almost that's like, going to be the big like question. E- eating I mean. a sandwich in a glad bag, you know. I mean, it's like <laughs> it's the, it's going to be the big question. I, I, like, like I said, when I first started re- thinking about this two weeks in, I'm thinking, oh, the day we come back together, it's going to be so great, right? And I'm like, coming back together actually might be more traumatic than not meeting at all I've, because it's not going to feel anything like what's normal. I think what we originally envisioned is it's just going to be normal. Right. That's when, what I when You can just meet. It's just going to be like going. You're just going to go and you're going to show up. You're not going to have to ask questions like, should we wear a mask to church? Yeah. I wasn't even thinking that at all. Uh, what about, you know, because if, if part of this is airborne and what, what happens when we sing, uh, the amount of aspiration that goes on, Somebody's going to go to church. And by the way, your, pe- your people sing too. So. Our folks really sing. They sing. Right? They so sing do ours. Like, so right? so that, that matters in this. Uh, you know, what are you going to do with uh, somebody? The first time somebody coughs, <laughs> is everybody going to take cover and and right? Or are they going to the look chairs? over and like, you know, take them out back and shoot? Them, depending on who it is. So, but <laughs> they're wearing a mask. No, but but you know, somebody's going to cough. Somebody's going to sneeze. Yeah, that's true. And you're you're going to have to deal with this. Do you, Brian? I know in some places they're going to go as far. So back up, uh, my pastor friends in Singapore. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Before the lockdown, when before they locked down, before they stopped meeting, they were taking people's temperatures 
as they came in. Seriously? And they wow. photographed, once everybody was seated, they took photographs of the congregation wow. so that if a person became ill, they would know who they were in contact with or who was sitting near them. Man, that's serious. Is that a big church? It's a pretty big church. I, I mean, it's five, it six, seven hundred, something like that. Man, you know, wow. so uh, so they they were doing that, and then they then they at least like I I haven't checked in the last week or two with him. But. Let me ask you this: Would you all? This isn't gonna be an issue for us because of the spacing. Have you thought about meeting outside? Uh, on a beautiful day, I have thought about that. Yeah, yeah I, I think mean, that is an option. But it, it may be for uh, June. That might be an option. Obviously, if it's a rainy day, that's going to be a problem. Or July is going to be scorching. And July is going to so. be scorching. You know, and that's part of the reason why we didn't even try to do the drive-in. Yeah. Yeah. Sitting, I don't know. I know for some, I I understand it. There's also a part of me like I don't want to sit in my car for an hour listening to this on the radio. I want you through, to know I was rooting foggy windows. And, I was rooting to drive by one day and see on the Reformed Baptist Church sign, <laughs> drive in church this Sunday. See you there. Never saw it, but I never just, did. I, no. I just wonder what what it would take for that to happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some folks wanted to, you know, have talked to, but can we please do that? Because we're just de- people are desperate to see each other. Yeah, that's right. And again, I think we can find some ways to get some folks in a situation where they can maybe see somebody see some other people and whether it's again with all the proper distancing and everything else but listen if you're at a park if i can go to the park and there's strangers at the park near me why can't i go to the park and have people i love near me and it's outdoors it's and you know and at least be able to encourage some people listen you know, you, you need to be, we need to think of, and this is part of this whole health issue, being healthy is not just being COVID-free. You know, you can that's be right. COVID-free and not be healthy. Yeah, that's uh, right. And mentally healthy and, and, and in other ways healthy and uh, spiritually healthy. So there's a lot to think about as we as we want to promote health among the body. And, right. uh, so so, so any, fi- any final thought uh, to help a pastor just being principal, think through in their individual situation. How do they need? To, what do they need to be thinking about when they're trying to think about when to reopen? And it's start a situation. I, I would I would encourage being conservative and being careful. I think in the long run, if you're two weeks behind the curve, is better than being two weeks ahead. None of us want to deal with a situation where a fresh outbreak is being pointed to at our church because we. Right. met too early and or didn't take the precautions and didn't take and so, the right yeah. precautions. So it may seem extreme to you, it may seem draconian to you. I'd rather be accused of that and have our folks healthy than at the end of the day move too swiftly, blow off all of the concerns and wind up that at least the the possibility cuz here in Kentucky it was they, they they say the outbreak started in Kentucky because of a church meeting in Hopkinsville or wherever it was, and they yeah. had a revival and yeah. and that's where we we trace it all. To, you know, and that's probably not necessarily true, but the damage is done in France. They trace it back to an evangelistic meeting, you know, and so churches have gotten a black eye. So I think we need to be careful of what our witness is to the world. Well, that's a good word, and yeah, I would just echo that as as my final word on this that you you still want to be mindful of those who are most susceptible to not only getting infected, but their health being in serious danger uh, by doing that. 
And you're going to have trouble getting people back to church if you're not doing the things that's going to make people feel safe, whether you agree with them or not. So I, again, so I, I've said we're going to do social distancing, whether I think it's a good idea or not, which I do, but, but it's not ultimately about that. It's about knowing that that's part of helping some of our older folks who are in their 80s and 90s potentially feel safe to come right. back to church. If people aren't going to feel, right. They're, they're not, not going, going to come if they don't feel safe. Yeah. So let me pray that uh, God will just give each of you wisdom in this. Lord, we're, uh, we're grateful that you sustained us during this time. We ask, Lord, uh, that you would uh, meet us in our longing and, and orchestrate whatever needs to happen in each one of our states of those listening that would uh, allow us to be able to gather again and that the government uh, restrictions would be lifted and would encourage us to be able to do that. But in the midst of that, Lord, we, we know we answer to you and we're, we're commanded to obey the governing authorities, but ultimately you're the, uh, on the throne and ruling. So Lord, help us to obey you. Help us to be wise in how we proceed forward in each one of our church situations, and that you would bless the efforts, that you would continue the ministry of our churches even uh, as we're not meeting, and that it would, would be a sweet day when we all would be able to meet together again. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.